What's up guys? On this episode, I'll be going over the five reasons why real estate investment is the best investing option out there right now. I'll be telling you why I got into it and why I am 100% all in on it. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Evergreen. I'm your host, Jake Myers. A little update on my real estate situation. I'm still trying to sell my property to 1031 into a larger property. I've had a couple offers, but nothing that was worth taking. Still bouncing back and forth. Um, It is a triplex, so I'd, I'd like to leave one of the units vacant for showings. And then also, if somebody would like to do a lower down payment option, they can live in one of the units and then rent the other two out to offset that mortgage. So I want that to be an option. But the hard part when selling a property like that is you kind of lose the buyers that want it fully occupied and producing all of the cash flow that it can day one. So I'm kind of bouncing back and forth of, should I get a tenant in there so that the property is fully occupied, making good money so that an investor can come in and buy it um, cash flowing already? Or if I should leave one of those vacant and let somebody kind of move in. I would just hate to put a tenant in there and then have an offer from a buyer who wants to buy it owner-occupied and then have to kick that tenant out later. That would just be a bummer. I don't want to do that to somebody. So I'm going back and forth, but it's been on the market for about two weeks, so we're still early. Um, And we did have a couple offers, just nothing crazy. If if the offer isn't good enough, I'm just going to keep it and uh, just keep collecting the cash flow. And then maybe when things get a little bit better in the market, I'll get the number that I want, but we'll see. Uh, time will tell. I'm uh, working on trying to get a buyer under contract. Some of these, the biggest problem is some of these agents are not getting back. I mean, I submitted an offer and emailed and texted so many times, called so many times trying to get feedback on the offer, questions, um, answered and, and just get an update on it and just no reply, no reply, no reply. And then finally about five days after the offer was submitted, um, the agent called me and wanted me to resend him the offer and, uh, to go over it with his owner. It's just such a bummer when you've got a buyer who's very happy and excited about a property and the listing agent just won't kind of get back. Like it's, you know, it's just frustrating when it's like, we're trying to do a deal here. Like you're selling the house. Let's move this thing along. So struggling with that a little bit, trying to get some communication out of that listing agent, but hopefully that comes through and uh, I can get this buyer locked up. It's a great property and and it's a great deal. A lot of, a lot of these, um, a lot of these properties I'm seeing on the market right now are, are uh, just dropping and dropping and dropping. And and I'm starting to get more buyers right now that are excited about what's happening in the market where before people were kind of more nervous, like I'm going to sit back on the sidelines and kind of watch what's happening. And now that things are kind of coming into action with these price decreases, and even the interest rates are coming off a little bit, but prices are still coming off. I think we're in that sweet spot. I'm really starting to get quite a few more buyers that were kind of waiting, starting to hit me up to go look at properties and see what's going on out there. And um, I really think this market's going to break loose come Q3, Q4 of this year, and then things will really start going again. Um, I've been looking for a new personal house for myself for pretty much 
almost four years now and just haven't found something that's really spoke to me and the wife and worked for us. So we've kind of made the decision to just build um, based on some of the prices we're seeing and the price per square foot to build. Um, so we put an offer in on a lot in our favorite neighborhood in town and um, got a verbal agreement from the seller. And I'm just waiting. I sent that contract over. I'm just waiting for her attorney to review it. And then we're going to be about seven days to close escrow and then hopefully break ground in end of this year or maybe spring of next year. Depends on when we can get plans and permits in. But I'm definitely very excited about that. It's going to be the first build and we'll be able to really kind of do it the way we want and should be fun. Hopefully uh, the process doesn't take too long, but I'm expecting at least a, a year from when we get plans selected and kind of finalized. So that'll be coming down the pipe. Pretty excited about that. And I'll take you through that journey as well of kind of the pros and cons of building a house and why you would do it, why you would not do it. Um, I got a lot of advice from developers and contractors that I know, and people are kind of split 50, 50, even some big developers that I work with don't think it's necessarily the best idea to build your own house. Um, so, um, one of these episodes in the future, I'll be going over the pros and cons, what it looks like to actually build the house and the process and what you need to have uh, financing wise and things like that. I'll be going over all of that for you guys to kind of make a decision on your own, if it makes sense for you, if you're thinking about that or not. Um, but for this episode, I'm just going over why real estate investment is quote unquote, the best in my opinion. Um, I got into real estate investment um, kind of just by the path of least resistance. My wife's family is, they're all general contractors and home builders and property managers and um, kind of seeing that path that they took to success really kind of makes you just look around and see what what makes the most sense. Um, I've invested in the stock market. I've done crypto, lost my tail on crypto. Um, still kind of mildly irritated about that whole gig. But besides that, um, basically, I've got ADHD or something. I can't just put money in a stock or an investment and let it sit forever and just watch the numbers fluctuate every day. Um, I can't do that. I start to get all crazy and like cracked out. Like I watch it every two hours. And if it goes down, I'm irritated. If it goes up, I'm happy. And I'm just I can't not watch it. And it's just kind of too slow. Um, some of these IRAs and these traditional investment strategies like Dave Ramsey pushes and things like that, they're just not as fun and exciting and you can't work with them as much. Um, I chose real estate really because you can cha- you can fix up the house, you can change it, you can buy a cool house, you can buy a cool house in a location, you can get creative with the investment strategy, you can get a deal, you can, there's all these other levers that you can pull when you're doing real estate investing to kind of keep it new and exciting and keep make your investment more attractive, make it worth more um, and kind of get creative in that way where stocks, you're just plug and play. You put money in and hopefully you get money out. Um, also, one of the big major things is if the market goes down, the real estate market and the stock market, the the stock, you there's nothing you can ever do to make that stock worth more money where with a real estate investment, you can fix it up. You can add a bedroom. You can add a bathroom. You can take the top off of the garage and put an ADU up there, rent that out for more income to make it more attractive. There's things you can do 
to increase the value and increase your return after the fact. Um, also, leverage is a massive, massive benefit of investing in real estate. Leverage in a literal sense, um, in a real estate aspect, refers to the use of borrowed capital, such as a mortgage, to increase potential return on an investment property. It allows an investor to control a property worth more than the amount of cash invested, amplifying the potential gains, but also increasing that risk of loss if something were to happen. So on the last episode, I went over leverage and how important it is to um, be able to use where you can amplify your money by 100%, 800%. It's a massive, massive benefit of investing in real estate. If you put $10 into the stock market, you better hope that that $10 becomes worth more. If you could put $10 in and get a $200 investment, then that's a, that's a massive win. If your stock portfolio, let's just say you put a hundred dollars in and your stock goes up 20%, you made $20. If you put a hundred dollars into real estate, you could buy in theory, 20% down payment, a $2,000 house. Now, if that market appreciates 20%, you don't get 20% of your amount invested, the $100. You get 20% of the value of the property, that $2,000. So 20% of $2,000 is $400, where 20% of your $100 is $20. Um, you, that, that, is a, that is a huge, huge, huge benefit of investing in real estate and why wealth is created through real estate faster than any other investment vehicle. Um, That alone, like just in my opinion, ends the conversation about what the best investment tool is, real estate or the stock market. Um, If you are not savvy enough to kind of be able to pull these levers in an educated way and know what you're doing, it can be a very dangerous game. But that's also the same thing with the stock market. I was the dude at the dinner table at Thanksgiving telling my grandparents they need to buy Dogecoin because I made 10 grand or whatever it was at that time. I was that guy, thought I knew everything about it. Oh, trust me, I'm studying this, this, this. I'm watching it every five seconds. And then the whole thing comes crashing down and you lose all your coins and, you know, then everyone's irritated. So the biggest part is you invest in what you know and what resources you have available. If my family was a family of stockbrokers, I would probably be more in the stock market, but I would be still pulling levers in a creative way in that stock market to try and get as big of a gain as I can, or I'd be playing with options or things like that to amplify my money. Now, I'm not in that situation, so this is kind of the bed that I'm in. Um, that being said, I've, I have done in the stock market, I have 401ks and, and uh, Roth IRAs and things like that uh, for my daughter, kind of setting up funds and things like that for college and, and what have you. But, um, and the biggest thing with, with the uh, 401k is just a tax shelter more than anything, to be honest. If I, if I didn't have to get rid of some tax money, I probably wouldn't have a 401k at all. Um, I would just be putting it all into real estate, but that's kind of another little side lever that I can pull to keep some of the money from the California tax deal because I'm tired of paying 40% to the government. Anyway, um, so aside from the fact that 
real estate is a tangible asset that you can manipulate to work better in your favor. And then obviously you can use leverage to amplify that money. Aside from those benefits of real estate investing, another benefit is the cash flow. So in the stock market, you can get a dividend or um, other benefits sometimes that can come with uh, stock investing, but usually nothing really that tangible or worth um, bragging about. But in real estate, you can get that cash flow. So you get passive income that comes from a surplus in rents over your mortgage. So if I rent a house out for $1,000 a month, I would hope my mortgage is $700, something like that. After some maintenance expenses and property management, I could pocket $150 or $200 a month. And that just comes to me every month. That is in addition to the equity, the loan pay down, the tax benefits, and the, de- the depreciation and appreciation. Um, so cash flow is pretty straight and forward. I don't need to explain that a ton, um, but that is a side benefit of real estate investing that just makes this whole thing way better and more attractive. Um, appreciation is not something that I 100% account for because it does fluctuate. Um, but I look at appreciation as the closest sister to the stock market where when the market's up, the house is worth more. When the market's way down, the house has become worth a little bit less. That's where you get that fluctuation. The nice thing is just like the stock market, you don't realize a loss until you sell. So if your stock, you put in at, you know, you put in a hundred dollars in the stock market, it goes up to 5,000. You don't have that $5,000. You're just looking at that number. You only have that 5,000 if you sell and put that 5,000 in your pocket. And if you put $100 in and it goes to $5, you didn't lose $95 until you sell that stock and realize that loss and put the $5 in your pocket. So the appreciation game is just like that. Sometimes the house is worth a lot more. Sometimes it's worth a lot less. Um, Things happen, but you only realize that gain or loss if you sell that property. The nice thing is, even if it's down, you still have loan pay down equity that you've bought, you get the tax benefits, the depreciation and the cash flow. So there's all these other benefits that you can still capture, even if that asset goes down in value, or if the stock goes down, you're just down. That's it. There's no other factor that you can say, well, my stock's down, but I'm still getting X, Y, and Z. You don't have that option in the stock market. Um, so like I said, appreciation is not something that I account on or like work into my deals. It's just kind of something I put in the back of my head and say, Hey, you know, realistically it goes up about 3% per year in 10 years. This is what this investment looks like. That's pretty dang cool. So, um, it's just another factor and kind of a cherry on top. Um, if you get it when you sell great, if it's a little bit down and you want to sell, that's okay. Cause you've probably still gotten way more benefits um, than you ever would have thought before. The tax benefits are huge. Um, very big. So you can take depreciation on the property. So if I bought a property for $300,000, you can write off the value of the building over 27 and a half years um, on your taxes. So there was something called bonus depreciation, which lets you capture all of that depreciation year one. So you could write off $150,000 um, year one if you bought a property, something like that. But um, now they're starting to get rid of that. They're tearing it down to where you get 80% of the value, 60%, 40%. Um, that's kind of how they're going to structure it now to get rid of that 
tax shelter situation, but you can still write off the regular depreciation um, on a $275,000 house. You can write off six, $7,000 a year in depreciation against your ordinary income so that you can get a better um, tax bracket or return back, or you can hide some income you got from cash flow. You can flush out the property pretty good that way, um, along with writing off maintenance expenses and things like that. We had to put a roof on one of our rentals. It was about $8,000. So I'm going to be able to write off that $8,000 against the property's income for the entire year. So if I made $8,000 in cash flow, but I had to put a roof on at $8,000, as far as the IRS is concerned, I made $0 on that property. I do not get taxed. Um, but like I said, I still get all of the gains, the appreciation, I still get the loan pay down and um, all these other benefits that come with real estate. So um, it is really cool that way if you have a lot of stuff going on and I'm a real estate agent, so I get paid and there's no taxes taken out. So you see this number in your bank account and you're excited, it's cool, whatever, but you know that that's gonna be cut by 40% come next year unless you put all of that income into different write-offs. So the depreciation on my rental properties helps out to offset that income from real estate because I don't pay taxes up front on that. Um, that being said, if you ever sell the property, you do have to recapture that depreciation. So the tax benefit that you got by taking that depreciation, you have to pay all of that back. Um, the only way that you don't have to pay all of that back is if you die and pass that property on to um, a loved one or something like that. Um, I believe you can avoid that depreciation recapture. Um, so that's why a lot of investors will keep a property just forever. They'll take the depreciation over and over and they'll they'll just keep it forever and pass it on to their uh, to the next generation. So it is a really great way. Uh, just make sure that the numbers make sense if you um, do that and you want to sell someday and you have to recapture, do not forget that you have been taking depreciation because you'll see a big, nice number and then you'll forget that you actually have to recapture $80,000 worth of depreciation and that'll come out of your bottom line if you do sell. Now to get into returns of the actual tangible numbers that we can look at to see if on paper real estate is better than the stock market. Um, so basically for the life of the S&P 500 since 1926 up until about 2021, um, it has produced an average return of 10% per year. Um, and that's actually pretty good. It really does depend on the index that you're in. Um, but even the 10-year trailing average is about that. The hard part is you really have to be in the market for a long time. I think the statistic is something like 80% of the money that's made in the entire stock market has been made in less than 20 trading days, which means in 50, 60 years, whatever it would be, there's about 20 days that the stock market jumped up a ton to get all of those gains. So you would never know which days it's going to go up, what factors that happen in the world that make it go up when it is, but you have to be in the market during those times to be able to capture all of those gains. So you have to be in for a long, long time 
because you don't know when those are. If you're buying and selling and, and putting it in and pulling it out, then you're going to um, probably miss some of those gains that happen and you won't quite get that average. So this average really is a long-term, long-term play. Now, from my personal experience and investment per portfolio, 10% is not even a good or great real estate deal. Um, I want to get a 15% cash on cash return on an investment property. So if I put $10,000 in, I want to get $1,500 back um, that year and every year forever, basically. So that being said, that is just the cash on cash return. That is literal cash out and then literal cash in. So think of that as like a sidebar, side pot in real estate investment. So 15% there. Now, if we think about appreciation as kind of following that same trajectory that the stock market follows, you're also getting that benefit. So let's just say appreciation is 3% per year. Um, you're also getting another 3% on top of that 15% cash on cash return. But if we can go back to the beginning of the episode, you're not getting 3% of the $10,000 that you put in. So if I get a 15% cash on cash on my $10,000 investment, let's just say that was a down payment on a property, I get 1500 bucks a year, right? That 3% appreciation doesn't make that 15% 18%. So you apply that 3% to the total value of the property. So assuming I did do a 20% down payment, that's the $10,000 that I'm referring to. That would be a $50,000 property. So 3% of $50,000 is $1,500. Now that's not realized. Like I said, I didn't sell the property, so I don't have that cash in my pocket, but it's still in the ether, right? It's still there. So the 3% of appreciation per year is $1,500. The 15% cash on cash return that I'm getting on the $10,000 is $1,500 a year. If we wanted to use this as an example and add those two figures together, that turns that 15% cash on cash return into a 30% return because on the $10,000 that I put in, I make 1500, which is 15% in cash flow, and I make another 1500, which is 15% of my initial cash investment, which is 1500. Add those together, 30% right there. Now, let's say on that property, I can take $2,000 worth of depreciation every year against my ordinary income. That I can save 40% on. 40% of $2,000 is $800 that you're literally saving in cash and not paying in taxes. You can put that $800 onto the $3,000 to increase your return even more. And this also isn't including the loan pay down that you're getting from paying that mortgage every month and basically putting that principal amount of that mortgage payment back in your pocket to realize later when you sell the property. So you can see if you can understand really how real estate works, how powerful this thing is. Um, 
I really suggest just like Warren Buffett has a quote. I don't know how it goes, but basically invest in what you know. And if you know the ins and outs of a business and their balance sheet and what the stock price is worth, and you can make an educated decision on that, then do that. Um, the most important part is basically that you are investing. Um, so that is the most important piece. But if you're kind of starting from scratch and you're going back and forth of you've got a little bit of cash or you're going to have a little cash or you're working towards that and you'd like to start putting it to work and you're thinking about what investment vehicle works best for you, I really think you need to uh, take a hard look at real estate and that leverage piece can be really, really good to amplify that money, but it can also be really, really bad. Um, if you make a bad decision and you leverage out a $400,000 loan and things go sideways because you don't know what you're doing, it can really, really hurt you. Um, that's the whole kind of 2008 deal was people were biting off way more than they could chew and they were getting bit for that. So as long as you know what you're doing and you spend the time and the due diligence evaluating deals and really learning how real estate works as a whole, then you can really make good decisions and I think build incredible wealth through real estate because of all these different aspects in this investment vehicle. And if you have any questions, I have tons of friends and family that I'm constantly answering questions for and they're sending me houses. What do you think about this one? What if I did this, this, this? Should I do this? I, I like talking about it. It's what I do all day long. So if you have any questions at all um, or want me to evaluate a deal with you or kind of walk through you can even call me. I, I don't even care. I'll chat with you if you want to get into real estate or have any questions about real estate investment. I'm really happy to do it. So you can find me on Instagram at Jake Myers, J-A-K-E-M-I-R-E-S. You can reach out to me there. I'm happy to help anybody kind of further themselves in this real estate field because I think it's so exciting. I've seen it change people's lives. And um, this isn't just like a weird gimmick sales deal. Like I've literally seen it do some pretty incredible things. So I want to get as much knowledge out there as I can so that people can make good decisions and um, make the decision quickly so that you can have a good long time of investing in real estate and let it work for you as long as you possibly can. It's also worth noting, I have a book out on Amazon and Audible. And don't worry, I didn't read the Audible version myself, so you don't have to worry about that. I had a, a voice actor do that for me, so you don't have to listen to my voice any more than you have to. Um, it's called Evergreen, A Real World Guide to Real Estate Investing. Um, you can find that, like I said, on Amazon or Audible. And uh, let me know if you have any questions. Like I said, I'm happy to help. And until next time, keep investing.